Hello, my friends. It's Andy and Hedy coming live from the White Cathedral. <laughs> Isn't it cool looking? That is very cool. I love especially it. with the shirts that we're wearing. Right? I did an interview today for um, Encourage Influence Magazine. And the guy said, oh, I love that background. Are you in that church? And I was like, no, this is my husband's creation. <laughs> Sorry for all you on the podcast. You're going to have to check out our YouTube video to see what I'm talking about. Or Rumble. Or LinkedIn or Twitch or Twitter. Hey, my friends, go to resurrectministry.com. That's where you'll find all of our shows that we have, especially Hedia's shows. She has some amazing shows and guests on um, Remnant Rising. Yeah. Uh, His Glory TV. But you can find those episodes on resurrectministry.com. Go there also and subscribe so that you'll get the newsletter. And then if you feel so inclined, there's a, a place if you want to to um, donate. There's yes. another word that we use. What is that called? Support. Yes. Yes. Support. If you want to support our ministry. Um, we are in, uh, we are reading from uh, Smith Wigglesworth Devotional. And we're going to jump right into it because we're a little bit late today. I had a, uh, a banquet to go to. So I just got home in time to do the devotional. And it's May 24th. The title is Pressing Through. Pressing Through. Now that title makes sense. I get it now. Press on. <laughs> the reference is Mark 2, 12, which says, we never saw anything like this. Hallelujah. The scripture reading is Mark 2, 1 through 17. If anything stirs me in my life, mm-hmm. says Smith, it is words such as these. We never saw anything like this. These words were spoken following the healing of a paralyzed man. His four friends removed a portion of the roof in order to let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. Jesus healed the man, and immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all. It is an ideal thing to get people to believe that when they ask, they will receive. But how could it be otherwise? It must be so when God says it. Now we have a beautiful word brought before us in the case of this paralyzed man, helpless and so weak that he could not help himself get to Jesus. Four men whose hearts were full of compassion carried the man to the house, but the house was full. Oh, I can see that house today as it was filled, jammed and crammed. There was no room even by the door. It was crowded inside and out. Something should happen all the time to cause people to say, we never saw anything like that. God is dissatisfied with stationary conditions. He opens the storehouse of the Most High, the unsearchable riches of Christ. To us, God wants to move us into this divine position so that we are completely new creations. You know that the flesh profits nothing. Paul says in Romans that the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. As we cease to live in the old life and come to know the resurrection power of the Lord, we enter a place of rest, faith, joy, peace blessing and everlasting life everlasting glory to god may the lord give us a new vision of himself and fresh touches of divine life may his presence shake off all that remains of the old life and bring us fully into his newness of life may he reveal to us the greatness of his will concerning us for there is no one who loves us like he does yes beloved there is no love like his no compassion like his He is filled with compassion and never fails to take those who will fully obey him into the promised land. The thought for today, so many people stop at the doorway when God in his great plan is inviting them into his treasury. Oh my gosh. What jumps out at you at first blush? Honestly, it's the concept of uh, good friends. I posted an Instagram post about, I don't need to be able to count a lot of friends. I just need friends I can count on. And it, that's what I think about when I hear this story. I've heard many scholars describe it. And it, if you have that visualization of these four guys carrying this guy on this mat and they can't get into the room. So they go up to the roof and literally break open the roof and drop him down right in front of Jesus. And it's just the thought of having friends like that that would carry you however many miles or distance that they had to carry him 
and break a roof of a place just to get you healed. You know, it's just such a beautiful concept. What we're supposed to be uh, as part of a church, as part of a community, that there are people you could depend on. I mean, we saw that when you were in COVID and how your uh, your friends from church came to support the children. It was really quite beautiful. And I think it's just so important as part of our walk with Christ that we have people we can depend on, that we do life with. I have something very strong to say, but I want to respond to that because I saw that uh, in you tonight. Oh. It, it was interesting how my brain worked. So I, I just told you we had a banquet, a lacrosse banquet for my son's high school team. And I got there, beautiful room. They decorated it really nice and everything. And they, they uh, as I was kind of walking around and asking Kelly if he needed anything, if he wanted to take pictures with some of his buddies, that kind of stuff. One of the ladies who takes care of, you know, one of the boosters, uh, you know, got on a mic and said, hello, I, I need uh, everybody's attention. Um, does anybody have a Mac book with them? Uh, in their car <laughs> and straight yeah. nobody did i mean nobody like everybody like like was just it, it stayed silent like oh no you want me to get up and walk to my car to go get something <laughs> or what do you want to do with my mac i mean it just was funny because it was uh, at least a hundred something people there and not one person and I, I immediately thought all i have are macs i know <laughs> right and then i thought wow i wonder if if you, I wonder what you were doing. You couldn't come because uh, uh, Zara had a cheerleading thing, a prior scheduled uh, commitment. And I knew that you had to leave the home at some point. But I thought, I said, I might have an answer. Give, give me one second. And I called you. And I just know that you have so much, especially today, I have so much going on. And uh, I just thought, what are the chances that I, you were like hitting out? I mean, just that you would be able to do this. And you answered. And I said, can you bring my backpack? And you said, yes, where are you? And you just ran out there and you are, I mean, it was awesome. Aww, and it was, uh, it was like, out of all the people, um, they, they, they said somehow the lady, the, the ladies that, you know, or the boosters, they said, somehow we should have known that you would have a solution to this. And I go, and I go, <laughs> you know what? I'm not the one with a solution. Uh, my wife, my wife has the solution. And they go, oh, well, we got to make sure and thank her. Oh. And so I, um, I bring that up because it, it was just so nice. Oh, it was so awesome. Of course. Um, and you had to do it in the mix of doing some other stuff. But my, my point for bringing that up is, is that we, we have come to this place where we can uh, depend on each other. Oh, God willing. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> and I can tell you, I know this seems strange. You should, you all are probably saying, well, yeah, you should be able to count on your wife. But I'm telling you, you that haven't is not. In the past. I'm sorry. Yes, Andy has some very sad stories. Well, that's my point. Not even being able to get a lunch. But you know, delivered. You, you know how we have scars and wounds, yes. right? And they can be emotional ones too. And they can be, you know, from your past, as, as of course women know for sure, from dating men. I mean, men give you scars. <laughs> yeah. If you could see all the scars from men, you would probably look like, you know, a man walking home Edward from Cizu the Civil hands. War. Yeah. <laughs> you're limping and you got a, like a, a crutch like but um that's one of my wounds is that i could oh. not call on somebody in my past that said well what do i look like like why would i do that i'm busy with my own thing like, oh no well, because we're a team I, I i mean if you're not available i understand that but i mean you're right there like why can't you do that so i want to thank you that oh, because it, of it was a hesitation, not because of you. It was a hesitation because of your experience. my experience of what's gonna, I mean, am I going to pay for this later? Oh, and it, it, none of that happened. It was great to see you uh, come and save the day. You literally saved the banquet <laughs> with the, bringing the computer because then we were able to see the PowerPoint presentation and the videos of the lacrosse season. I mean, how, how can you have something like that without seeing all right. know, the video that was prepared? So I know it was a very long thing, but this helping of somebody when they need help, climbing and pulling them up onto a roof and lowering them down into a hole, um, helping a spouse when, you know, when it's needed, and um, you know, just being there for each other, which is what a relationship so is all about. Thank you. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Let's uh, see what Wayne has to say. Go ahead and read that there. I had a physical healing after dealing with pain for 30 years after a motorcycle accident. It was such a faith builder for me that my Lord would take the time to care for me. My friend had to tell me God wants to heal you after thinking for so many years. I was so thankful just to be blessed with so much. But my friend said, God wants so much for you and so much more. Wow. That's, that's beautiful. That is awesome. Yeah. And so that kind of brings me this. I'm not sure why the devotional, it probably didn't remind me of anything what I'm about to say, but this is such a glorious story. Right? It just, yes. it tells you the power of Christ and uh, the power of people that can be so helpful and, and gracious and, and how and it's just, it's like a, a happy story. That's what I was looking for. Just a, a yes. feel good story. And then we have an incident like what happened today in Texas and and these things kick my butt all the time, but um, it involves kids. And uh, <clears throat> some of the, the things that have wounded me the most in law enforcement are my experiences with things that have involved kids, whether it's a, a car on fire with a child in a car seat and I couldn't get them out, or a stabbing um, and injuries due to crashes and stuff like that. And these are the times that I would struggle mightily with my faith and and of course in the past i would blame god and ask god how can you allow these things to happen um so i'm gonna unfortunately i'm gonna bring this burden on you right now and, and ask you how is it how is it that we can do a devotional today about such a happy story and is there a way to relate it to what happened in texas do you think is there something that we can draw from this that may help or we can't, that we need to go to something else or just go to prayer or because it, it, it's just so, I see the greatness in the story. I see the power in his healing. I see the power of men well, in a, in, in a situation where somebody needed help. And then you go to Texas. Well, I think the power is the depravity of man's heart. And that the Lord said that we would see these days when men's heart would go go cold and that murder would be rampant. And so it just points to the fact that we need more Jesus. It's not gun control. It's not laws. It's not, you know, if an SRO was there, would kids not have died? It, it, I don't think it's, it's the depravity of the human heart that's just worsening. And so I just think that what happened in Texas and our heart goes out to the families and the loved ones that are dealing with that. And the, and the first responders, I, um, in my experience, it, when I was at the FBI, the agents that responded at um, Sandy Hook and the first responders at Sandy Hook had PTSD for years. Um, seeing the, the dead bodies of children was, was very, very um, earth shattering, as you know. And it's just another indication of the depravity of men's souls when we've lost a relationship with God. Like, well, later we're going to find out what kind of struggles this young man had, what kind of life he had. And I'm sure it was fraught with all kinds of either abuse or mental illness and other things, because I'll tell you also from tracking um, potential terrorists, there's always these backstories to these individuals mm -hmm that are depraved, um, uh, sad, uh, disturbing, because people do horrible things when left to their own devices. And it's just further indication for all of us that, as Smith is telling us, we need to walk closer to the Lord. That's his message this whole time. He will give love, joy, peace, blessings, rest, because there's no other place to find it. I hope that helped in yeah. some way. Yeah, just so it it, the, right because <laughs> yeah. we have to remember that God didn't do that. No, a depraved man did it, and a, probably a very very troubled young man did it. And so it's it's coming to terms with sin run rapid. What does it look like? And this is what it looks like. And this is just the beginning of troubles. You know, we're gonna see. We're going to see much, much worse as men's heart goes colder and farther from God. It becomes more depraved. I mean, when you read the stories of the Bible of Sodom and Gomorrah and the, the past generations, 
Lot gave up his daughters, you know, for the angry mob to mm-hmm. rape so that they wouldn't rape the angels, you know? And then afterwards, when he survived, he had sex with his daughters, you know? So uh, the depravity of human beings is, is beyond belief. And it's just another indication. It's just further indication of why we need Jesus. Why we need the Holy Spirit. And then, a, um, and then my heart goes out to the survivors. Yes. You know, the children that, you know, you know, as they're fleeing, they're stepping over their schoolmates to the parents, you know, of the deceased children. And the parents and the... Dana Lash, um, I follow on Twitter, was posting pictures of kids that their parents didn't know where they were. Uh, and it was, it was just beautiful children and just the agony of not knowing if your kid survived. Right. It's heart-wrenching. So and my, my hope is that it will begin at some point, obviously not soon, uh, but maybe so, of people's faith shining through this moment that's always yes. one of the very surprising things to me in the past <laughs> now it's not as as surprising but i still will on occasion think of how powerful god is that people that are victims the, the surviving victims of the, this tragedy that will come out and say you know god has been great and god is great and we know our child is with God now. That that must take such faith. Yes, absolutely. Just uh, makes us hug our kids a little closer uh, today. That's one of the things at the banquet when I was sitting there, and we were all celebrating our these men, you know, that we call our boys and our sons. That. Um, I was talking to Rob, who's a father, but we also do the men's Bible study on Saturday mornings. We were sitting there next to each other. And I, and I just was, we were looking at all the boys sitting together, laughing and patting each other in the back and applauding for each other. And I go, wow, this is just such a, a great group of boys. Yes. And they all love each other uh, in, in many ways. And I'm sure there's some, you know, rivalries and a few probably people competition don't get along very well but it is i mean the majority uh of them seem to just they have nicknames for each other and they they pat each other on the back and support each other and applaud each other we have one uh uh, chris who is a special needs athlete uh and a member of the team Uh, i believe he's autistic and he you know goes out when either there's a big leader there's a big loss (laughs) and they'll put him out there and, you know, he has trouble catching the ball, even passing the ball, and he drops it and that kind of stuff. But he's out there. Mm-hmm. And they're, they cheer him on. And the final game of the season, they found a way to get him the ball so that he could score. Aww. And when he scored, the team went crazy. And even the opposing team was applauding. And people had tears in their eyes. And it was amazing. And I just, I sit there today. I sat there today knowing what was happening in Texas and just thinking that, that that, you know. that young man probably did not have that experience mm. and see, and you see how troubled teens without a support mechanism go terribly wrong mm. because they, they don't have people who care about them and who love them and who support them and how blessed we are to have that for our children, to just be there for our own children right. and have friends that are there for our children, you know, friends that help drive them back and forth and, who are supportive of them when we're not around, you know, it's, it's such a blessing because the kids, I, I don't know if I've told it on the broadcast, but one of the cases that uh, I was following at the FBI was a young man that was severely handicapped and his dad didn't want to deal with him. He had a new girlfriend, brother was off in the military and he literally left this young boy, 16 years old, 15 years old, in a trailer in the middle of the wilderness with nothing, just electricity. So he would drop by food every couple of days, but the boy had no access to roads or anything. He put it in the wilderness so that he couldn't get anywhere. And as a consequence, didn't get anywhere and was just locked up day after day in this trailer and um, ended up 
researching how to build a bomb and sending information to terrorist groups. He couldn't tie his shoes, had the um, brain capacity of a seven-year-old, but his autistic skills allowed him to be this like terrorist mastermind. And he was selling data. He was sending data across um, the dark web. Wow. It was really a bizarre story, but it, it, when left um, without the basic essentials of life, love and care, people will do abominable things. We weren't meant to be alone. It just reminds me of that case of a suspect I had in a child molest, one of my last interview. And he, in my interview of the suspect who molested a six-year-old girl, he was, uh, you know, a dwarf with a hunchback out mm. of the jungles of the, oh, I remember you uh, the rainforest in South America. And as I, one of my gifts in interviewing suspects is my ability to get them to trust me. And it was what happened over, over a period of time of me spending some time with them. And eventually they would tell me, they would tell me more than what the, sus the victim would tell me about what they did. And in that, what, what you're just describing again, and about this young man in Texas, who we wanted, you know, we want to think of as a, you know, a demon and just a monster. And me of this dwarf with a hunchback is that when he told me his story, I suddenly, and this is the reason why I resigned from the sex crimes detail, is that I felt compassion for him. And it wrecked me. Because wow. I wanted to hate him because of what he did to the six-year-old. And again, I can't even tell you what he did to the six-year-old. I mean, it would give you nightmares and gave me nightmares of what he did. But yet in the end, as I listened to a story, I said, he doesn't know anything else. Right. And what you described just now, it just, just again reminds me. And you just don't you so badly just want them to be put to death because of what they did. But they have a story. Usually they do. Wow. I was never able to reconcile that. I've never been able to shake it. My, my, the, um, I can see that. The I mean, but, both, the, the, but, but both can exist in the human heart, right? You can have mm. compassion and yet um, believe that a punishment is justified. Even in light of the compassion, God does. Where were you 20, 25 <laughs> years ago? Just that one sentence, like, oh, you healed me. Oh, I love yeah, you. You put your hand on my forehead and heal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, Wayne says, um, what tell you? We live in a sinful world and have freedom of choice to do evil. And without Christ, all we have is a wicked heart to lean on. There's not a, night, a righteous one among us. No, not a one. <laughs> Susan says something I learned in pastor Steve May's wife, Gail, God allows the things he hates to accomplish the things he loves. Amen. Yeah. We had that discussion last night. Yes. Hey, Kate. Good day, Kate. Talk about somebody who had a challenging life. Yes, right? absolutely. God redeemed and restored. Yeah. Kate. Thank you for that discussion. It was hard. I was trying not I mean, how could we not? I mean, people, there's no way that people watching don't have the same struggles with reconciling the, the tragedy and the, just the, the evil of, of what happened. And then to come on and talk about a devotional without addressing it and bringing it up, I just couldn't see how I could do it. Absolutely. I, I was going to try, but I couldn't do it. Well, and I mean, I think that's what I, my article, what I try to do in my upcoming article is make sense of the coping mechanisms that human beings go through. Because I think it's really important. God wants us to pray for our enemies and, um, and wish and hope and pray for their salvation. So I think having compassion and empathy for our opponents or people that don't see the way we do is an important way in which to reach them. And so... I described in the article this uh, that me and Andy had discussed at great length before I wrote it is this idea of the societal Stockholm syndrome, 
where an entire society going through stress after stress, crisis after crisis, which is almost like a form of imprisonment or a hostage situation, is they will start to make excuses for their captors as a coping mechanism, as a way to survive. And I think large swaths of the American people are doing that right now. We made all those excuses during COVID. Uh, well, this is necessary. Oh my God, well, we're gonna die and we need to keep our children safe. And people bought into that argument to survive because they believe their survival depended on it. Mm -hmm. And we're going through that now with all the other shortages and the gas prices and the inflation. We're just like, we're scapegoating Russia and saying, well, it's a supply. It's people that are sick. It's the perfect storm of all of these variables. And we're not actually trying to solve the problem. We're just making excuses for it in order to survive in the midst of crisis. Juxtapose that to what crisis is expecting of us hey, no, when all this is going crazy, I need you to come closer to me because you're going to need me for peace and safety and blessings and, and being able to get through the chaos of a world filled with evil. I mean, that's basically we're going to the times of, and God said, it'll be like the times of Noah. People will be eating and drinking and marrying and giving their daughters in marriage which is exactly what we're going through. But there was just Noah and his family that were righteous. He preached for a hundred and some odd years. Nobody came to faith. You know, so, and the Lord said, wow. it's going to be like the times of Noah. So we may, you know, we may, you know, people pray for revival and we see a remnant rising from all over the world, but we may be a very small persecuted community that, that will need to draw close to the Lord in order to overcome. No, no doubt. All right. Let's go to the Bible. What does uh, God say here in Mark? This is two, the story of our paralytic man. One through 17. And again, he entered Capernaum. Oh, you want to put the banner? Oh, yeah. I made it. Oh, did you? I did. Look at you. Bam. There we go. And again, he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together, so there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. And they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they couldn't come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. When they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. And let's assume they had no ropes, you know. They didn't bring that with them. They didn't think they were going through the roof. Yeah. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak such blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus perceived in the spirit what they reasoned within themselves. And he said, why do you reason about these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you? Or to say, arise, take your bed and walk. But then you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, take up your bed and go to the house. Immediately he rose, took his bed and went out in the presence of them all. So they were amazed and glorifying God saying, we never saw anything like this. Then he went out again by the sea and all the multitudes came to him and he taught them. As he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. So he arose and followed him. Now it happened as he was dining in the Levi's house, the many tax collectors and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many, and they followed him. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eating with the tax collectors and the sinners, they said to his disciples, how is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. I only noticed for the first time that uh, they referred to Matthew as a Levi. And a Levi was the uh, priesthood um, since the beginning of the tribes of the Israelites. And I think it's interesting that he points that out because in the, in the prophecies, the Levites will continue that in the, in the new, in the millennial kingdom, they will continue to have that right as the priesthood. And I just find it interesting that he draws attention to the fact that he had this lineage that he was basically ignoring this, this kind of holy, um, he had a promise from the Lord as a Levi. 
And he basically was just ignoring it to make some cash. And Jesus called him out. Said it's time for you to repent and come back. Right. Uh, before we went live, I think what you uh, made sure and made a point of is that um, some people will use uh, a, a portion of the Bible, but they misstate it in saying that, look at God, you know, hangs out with prostitutes tax and tax collectors. Uh, but you say what to that? Uh, that he was dining in the Levi's house. So he went in their house, but he didn't go into a brothel. You know, so it's uh, people like to use that example for why they hang out in bars and illicit places because it's the sinners that need the physician. Um, but I think it's important to to note that he was invited into a home. It was not uh, an illicit place hmm. that he went into. It's like our friend Glenn, the author. Yes. <laughs> who goes to uh, places like... Uh, Stands outside. Gay bars. Yes. <laughs> where they have transvestite shows. And, yes. And that kind of thing. But he stands outside and invites them to him. Yes. He doesn't walk inside and, and hang out with them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Two different things. <laughs> that would be funny to see him in there, though. Right. That would be interesting. <laughs> oh, let me get rid of this. All right. Matthew uh, 21, yep. 22. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Ephesians 3.8, to me who I am the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles, Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. To me who am less than the least. Less than the least, sorry. That's even, that's even less, less than the least. <laughs> that's even more or less. Than the least. <laughs> Second Corinthians. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. We have a couple of comments from Hooked on Jesus. Really? Yes. I didn't see those. Oh, look at that. Hey, Hooked on Jesus. Jane Markell once said, what do you think the end times would look like? Oh, ain't that the truth, brother? Uh, we're looking at them for sure. There is some truth in that. Uh, I mean, says, well said. I don't know if it's my Stockholm syndrome thing that you guys are talking about, but <laughs> yeah. if it is, thank you, because I really went out on a limb. I don't know yeah. what my editor is going to say. She may look at it and be like, what in the world? But I'm, I'm hoping she's, uh, she's I a, love a great. I did a intuitive. show about a year and a half. It was before we met two years probably ago. Uh, yes. yes. Two years ago, I did a show on, I think that there are people suffering from the Stockholm syndrome. And I went through a whole hour show. Nice. So it was really, it was awesome to see you writing a story about that. Cause I, I thought, I don't think people understood what I was talking about. Well, I did a <laughs> tremendous amount of research and there's only like two, like really far leaning wonky websites mm -hmm. that said Americans are going through this and they used it in the context. So oh, you able to find somebody that, Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm so, so happy. But they were loopy. Like I couldn't use it as a citation. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but for the most part, it is common in Australia and Greece mm. because they've been suffering from really um, strange laws and corrupt politicians and things. And well, so I, I found it interesting in context of Australia, too. As a detective at Anaheim and, you know, it's homicides or sex crimes or you know, any other crime that involves somebody, you know, either kidnapping somebody or uh, abusing somebody over a period of time, we, got, we used to get a lot of training on this, they would call it a bunch of different things, but Stockholm Syndrome uh, was the most common one. Um, but that's what I be that's what began to become clear to me uh, with the Democratic Party when when we look at um, the welfare state and what's happening in places like Chicago and, and Baltimore in particular. These these cities where it's all about that the, their survival is on the government. And then they can keep it voting in the same people. Right. They keep them in the enslaved. In the, enslaved. And that's the only thing that can explain it. Because you, you, you sit there and go, why? Right? You live in a crime-ridden, rat-infested, nasty environment, yet you keep voting for the same, same people that say they're going to save you. Decade after decade and after go, decade. And are very... Uh, Passionate about supporting them. Yeah. Yeah. 
more than yes. passionate. They're crazy about it, about the story of them. So, um, hooked on Jesus says. <laughs> hey guys, I had an argument with my wife and she said I was right. What do I do next? <laughs> Accept it humbly and move on. Yes, give her a big hug. And say, yeah, I love you. don't. Thank you for that. <laughs> just, <laughs> just a bad uh, joke. I like it. Uh, Kate says, First John 4 4. He who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. We have, a had, we have had a change of government. It has become hard left wing over the weekend. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, big change. I was uh, going to ask her about it, but we got into some other subject. We'll have to ask Kate about it next one we're already hitting for going on 40 minutes so you guys get to experience what a biden administration is like <laughs> i'm sorry i i got this weird i think that there's is the i feel like there's something that there's a little bit of an opposite they have some crossover in australia crossover. Weird, uh, like, like there's a north and a south i know that yeah, but there's this. also like their conservatives are a little bit into the green ah stuff okay. it, 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 i think it's a little bit odd I mean, odd as compared to what it's we different. look at it. Yeah, it's different. But I could be wrong, but Kate, maybe. But we should probably talk about this uh, with Kate in more length when we have more time. But um, I just wanted to visit just one more thing before we, we take off. And then we had a great discussion last night in our, our Bible study um, uh, about Jehoshaphat. Ah, uh, yes. The, the uh, battle. The battle where God told him... Um, and I'm going to get this wrong, but maybe you should you should actually tell the story. But, you know, there's going to be this battle and you guys, you know, would definitely lose without me. But what I want you to do is dress up, yep, show up, get in position and I'll take care of the rest. You don't have to. Yes. And then God slaughtered them. <laughs> yes. Confounded the enemy and turned them on each, each other. other. They started killing each other. And, the, and there they are with their sword and their other oh, all singing dressed, and they're singing. Oh, and. Uh, and it's all happening there. Yes. Um, and I and I wanted to come to that because not just because of our discussion today in the devotional and then the discussion about Texas, but I, I thought what God gave me last night when I was sitting there and I, I talked to the group about it is that there's two things. One thing, men, is that in the story, um, God really leaned on leadership, and that you as men, we as men, need to be there for our families uh, as if we lead an organization, we need to be leaders uh, for these organization and, and men in particular, I'm speaking to, because I know there are women could be leaders of, of corporations, but I'm just talking to men um, and especially fathers um, that God calls us to show up for those battles and he'll take care of it. Uh, we may have to do some work. We may get a little bit dirty and that kind of stuff. We're not going to be maybe like Jehoshaphat and his warriors, but um, but we can't sit back and think that somebody else is going to do it for us. That, that's one of the problems I think that we've gotten ourselves into here, especially in the United States, quite possibly Australia, is that we sat back thinking that somebody else was going to do it. Well, they got to sit back, so to speak, after they showed up. You got to show up. Yes. Yeah. So the importance is that distinction is where you have to show up and then you could sit back. Yep. And be uh, there, be in the spirit, be right. trained, be ready, because you don't know when he'll say, okay, take it over from here. He'll, he's done that from time to time. Right. He goes, I've gotten you this far now, it's up to you. Right. Uh, but it's just always being there. It'll never happen if you stay in bed, you know, sucking your thumb, hiding in the corner and saying, you know, I hope somebody else comes and saves me. Right. Uh, let me call the police and save me. Uh, that was one. Um, and then um, the other was... Just the, just the amazing way that God has, uh, has given me the, the translation, I guess, the ability to read the Bible, understand what it says now, where before I had no ability to understand the Bible. Hmm. I've read this story about Jehoshaphat probably 10 to 15 times. <laughs> and I was telling Hedy last night, I was thinking, what the heck? This is such a glorious story. And I've read it 10 to 15 times before. And all I looked at it as this like battle, this battle that happened. 
Like, and oh, this guy God, goes, I tell so and, many stories. And the whole time I was distracted by this guy. His name Jehoshaphat. What kind of name is Jeho- Jehoshaphat? <laughs> and I just like went like Jehoshaphat, and he, and he went. Like, I didn't see the, the greatness of the story. I didn't see the lesson that he was teaching us. I didn't see the power of what it meant to be a leader, to dress, uh, to dress up, show up, be there, be in a position, and take your places. And take your positions and be ready for battle, whether or not you're going to have to fight or not. Right. I didn't see any of that. This is so much better now. <laughs> the Bible is you got so the, much more alive. You got the secret golden key. <laughs> I went away going, oh my gosh, this is so different. It's so different. Sorry. Hope uh, that made sense to people. Um, uh, Kate said, it's a mess. And yes, the restraints in the voice of a Christian leadership has been removed. Oh. Well, sorry to hear Robert that. Block says they are Aussies after all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oops. And Kate says abortion and euthanasia has been approved. Now the oh. babies and old people are left unprotected. It breaks my heart. However, when the government is cruel, Christians go stronger in their faith. Yes. That's what we see happening here. Yes. So if there's anything that we could pass on, because we've been in <laughs> California, uh, where this has been going on for uh, way too long. Um, but we see at least a few churches growing. We see the churches that needed to probably go away are are either going away or, like I think your blend of friends is what we're seeing, is there's something happening there. I'm not sure what it is. Um, and I had this interesting experience. I told Andy, so we, we spend time at, in our life group in worship, and then we go off into either individual ministry where we go into a separate room and talk with somebody and pray for each other, whatever it may be. And I told uh, Andy that I felt compelled to learn more about uh, the people that are in our group that are not um, born Americans, that are you know first-generation immigrants. And I feel like since coming to Orange County, it's a very, it can be a little, the community we're a part of, part of can be a little monolithic, kind of uh, ethnically, it's pretty much white. And so I feel like it's, it's really important to make the people of other nationalities feel welcome and that we are one family and get to learn from their experiences. So I took aside this Indian couple and uh, just learned how they were second generation uh, Christians. And there's like 2% Christians in India and how much persecution they suffered as Christians. But they were very strong in their faith. Uh, they both had accepted Christ at seven years old. Mm. They felt the Holy Spirit upon them from a very young age. Uh, and just the, just the interesting story of what it was like that their parents came to faith through missionaries just the power, the amazing work our missionaries have done around the world. It's just really extraordinary. And just how that seed has been planted now for this family and how many countless other families, because he says when they convert, they convert whole villages. Right. And um, for generations to come and the fruit of that we're still seeing. And I just ministered a little bit to them saying, and I was trying to explain to his wife that uh, I hope you, you see this as you coming to America is that you were brought here for a purpose. You know, your experience surviving persecution, your level of faith is useful to strengthen the body because American Christians have never undergone persecution. And the Lord is bringing in a remnant from all of these third world countries into this country and into faith to strengthen the body for Mm -hmm. times of difficulty. I, I firmly believe that he told me that from when I first came to faith. So it's, um, I just wanted to be a part of that experience with them and get to understand what, who they were. Yeah. It's funny. You say the missionary, the missionaries fly under the radar. Yeah. Cause they're often people that don't want, they don't need. And they're in know, dangerous places. So they don't advertise. Right. We hear, we hear about them every couple of years when the pastor says, Hey, we have these missionaries. <laughs> they're getting shot at and their car caught on and fire. 15, and they need, a, they, need a, they need a new van. <laughs> Because their 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 van is full of bullet holes now and got blown up from a landmine, uh, and then we pray for them. 
I, another interesting story that I was just reminded of is that I know of a missionary, some missionaries that were sent here from another country to the United States because they felt the United States needs some missionaries. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. That's hysterical. <laughs> from what country? I don't remember. I, I can't remember. I, I don't know. Well, that's kind of what I was telling the Indian lady. Yeah. <laughs> I, and, yeah. she, and she was kind of shocked by it, but she was just like, oh, my goodness. You, I think you're right. Yeah. You know? They came to Anaheim. Because they needed, they needed a missionary, which she's not wrong. But They're don't be wrong. surprised because uh, Pastor Jack has told his head of missions the same thing. He said, this is the mission field. Yeah, I don't want to be sending so many people overseas anymore. America is our mission yeah. field. It's so true. Absolutely. Uh, look how Jesus said. As men, we need to be not only providers, but spiritual leaders. Amen. It's God's design, and it's definitely a balancing act. For sure, that's the lesson of... Jehoshaphat was that you have to lead by example. And he went to the throne of God and got on his face and prayed. And then a prophet spoke and gave them the command of what they were supposed to do. He obeyed the prophet and led all of the people in obedience after fasting too, um, to hear from the Lord. So that's what Miss um, Andy was saying is analogized to every leader um, in the family setting, in a work setting, in a church setting, so that uh, people are led closer to Christ. Yeah. And followed up with Christian men need to wake up and step up. Absolutely. Wayne says, thank you guys for your hard work and the different activities you're involved in. You guys are making a difference, praying for God's protection and peace. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, thank you so much. That means that. a lot. Yeah. Robert Block from Europe. Yeah, they were from Europe. I think they were from Europe. I just don't know where, which That's so from funny. Germany. Am I, I'm thinking Germany for some reason. It could be wrong. Uh, one more here with Kate. My son, daughter-in-law, and four grandchildren are moving permanently to San Diego in August. And my other son and daughter-in-law and granddaughter moving to Canada, releasing all my grandchildren this year. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry to hear that, Kate. I know that must be very difficult. But we're praying for peace and prosperity for them as well, that their lives will be filled with goodness and blessing here and, and for you as well. get a call on you Sorry. let me pray oh yeah of course um, always uh, dear lord this is a world that is far from you and we feel it uh, more and more every day uh, we want to stand in the gap for those that uh, do not repent and do not turn from their evil and wicked ways and we ask that you um, forgive them, forgive us uh, for any complicity that we've had along the years for not stopping um, the wickedness. But we, we ask that you have mercy on us, have mercy on our land and take us as those that repent and you will heal our land if we come to you in repentance. And, and we do, Lord, we come to you in repentance and we ask that you provide your supernatural healing and peace to the families affected by uh, the death in Texas of their loved ones, of their children, and that you strengthen them and you send them visions and dreams and and people, friends, supporters, their uh, relatives that will strengthen them as they go through this difficult time. And the first responders, Lord, that had to see the poor, um, the poor lifeless bodies of those children and all of the wounds and scars that that would cause on their soul, Lord, that you would heal them and and restore them and give them the power to continue in their jobs as protectors of their communities. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to spend time in your word and for opening up your word to our hearts in a whole new way that we are able to learn it and understand it and apply it to our lives. Thank you for your son on the cross, Lord, that he has saved us and redeemed us and gave us a life worth living. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We honor you in all that we do. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Um, uh, we have uh, Edify up. <laughs> yes. Take over, please. Our Christian Podcast Network. If you haven't heard it, here's how you get it. And if you could subscribe, we'd appreciate it. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. 
Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcast today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. E-D-I-F-I dot app. All right, my friends. <laughs> Sorry. I'm meditating. Um, you think that's a real church? I this? think so. It looks pretty. I wonder what it is. Yeah, Anybody know see. where this church is? <laughs> that we have in our background? That's random. We don't know where we're at. That's pretty but wild, let us, though. But let us know if you like it, because I, I thought it was kind of cool. I think it's a Catholic church? There's normally so. gold. Yeah, and there's normally a, a crucifixion, like Jesus on the cross. I don't see okay. That. It's not a Mormon church, is it? <laughs> I don't know. You're obsessed with us <laughs> being pictures of, in Mormon churches. I don't know what Mormon churches look like. I don't know. Wouldn't that be ridiculous? I mean, just that we're sitting in a Mormon church. <laughs> no, it's just a pretty church. I know. They had a little boy with the bugle. Yeah. Uh, I don't doo, see doo, that. Doo, doo, doo. Sorry, I needed a little jocularity there to get my mind off it. it is got the? It is. It's got the Stations of the Cross. Yikes! Really, <laughs> Kate? What's the Stations of the Cross? Yeah, what is that? We don't even know what we're doing. Where were you earlier when we needed to know where this was? It just looks so cool. It goes with our shirts. That's, that's Wait, awesome. where is the Stations of the Cross? Move aside. Let's see. I don't know. Ah. Uh. Oh, I remember, uh, Kate has got a little bit of a delay, so we gotta. Yeah, we gotta wait. We need wait to a know. couple minutes. Anybody else? Mimi, do you know Wayne, Robert? Where's this church? MacGyver. Well, oh, no, no, maybe they don't know where it is. But what's the Stations of the Cross in a Catholic church that she could see? I guess on the wall. I remember as I sat in the Catholic church at St. Paul the Cross there on in the Monterey, California. Right. You would see the the different stages of the Christ being crucified from being. You know, whipped and tortured to carrying the cross to, um, you know, being hung on the cross. And then uh, there in Calvary where he's there with the <sighs> robber and the, the other person, the other sinner. Whoops. <laughs> I mean, Catholics love Jesus, too. So, yeah, come on. Anyways. Yeah. Thank oh. you, Kate. We wouldn't Thank have you. known that otherwise. <laughs> Never been. I think I've been in a Catholic church, but I wouldn't know the difference. I wouldn't know what those pictures meant. The pictures on both walls. See when right. he's telling us too. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. Whoops. Well, it was oh. a, it was it was a architecturally yeah. uh, appealing it to us. Cool. <laughs> we'll get that right next time. You'll see a different photo. Thank you guys. Uh, we, love you. we love Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. And God bless um, you. just keep Texas in your hearts tonight and your families. Yes. Right. We love you. God bless. Good night.